Right now in Australia, the state of Victoria is having their elections until 26 November. Victorians have been through some of the longest lockdowns, restrictions and mandates in the world, all because medical authorities would not allow proven natural prevention and treatment options to be used against COVID. Don't allow this to happen again. For freedom, prosperity and health, vote one for Dr. Isaac Golden and the Health Australia Party team. To find out more, listen to episode 126 of this podcast or visit www.healthaustraliaparty.com.au. Hello everyone, Eugenie here. Today we chat with homeopath and pharmacist Barbara Roberts all the way from New Zealand. She has a very unique skill set with being able to work in these very two different jobs, you know, as a pharmacist and also as a homeopath. And she shares with us how she's able to do this and also how she's able to use these skills to help her own family. And she has some wonderful stories that she's sharing with us today. We had a little bit of trouble with our internet connection, so I do apologize. There are a couple of gaps here and there. Now, Barbara has an amazing blog on her website, and I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout podcast, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we are hanging out with homeopath and pharmacist, Barbara Roberts, all the way in New Zealand. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you for having me, Eugenie. It's such a pleasure. Now, you have got a very interesting resume with being a pharmacist and a homeopath. Uh, Please give us the rundown on how this all came about. Well, I was really lucky. I grew up with homeopathy. Um, My mother was converted when um, I was about six months old and my dad slipped down the stairs holding me and I had quite a large bruise on my head and she gave me some arnica and watched the bruising go down. And that was her um, her learning to um, wanting to learn more about homeopathy and how it worked. And and we grew up using it for colds, for injuries, for pretty much everything. Um, we hardly had pharmaceutical medication at all. So it was probably more of a surprise um, to her than um, anything. When I at the end of high school, um, I went and um, went to pharmacy school. Um, so moving away from the homeopathy side of things and, and into the conventional and, and drug drug world. Mm-hmm. And then um, when did you came to homeopathy? So I did my um, pharmacy degree and um, I am um, moved up up north here where I am now in Kerry Kerry to do my internship, a year of working under supervision. And we were up here for a little bit and then I moved back to Auckland and I'm a bit of a learning junkie. Like um, I like to to find out more and which is another reason why being a homeopath is, is so great because there's always stuff to learn. Um, I did a short course on homeopathy through Natura Farm and I wanted to learn more so I enrolled in a one-year foundation course um, at what was then the Bay of Plenty College of Homeopathy and um, rolled it at the end of that foundation um, year. I, I um, enrolled again and um, completed the diploma and took me about six years to, to finish the four-year diploma. I had two children and moved cities twice in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But, yeah, it was it was one of the best things I've done, and um, and I, I really love being a homeopath. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because, obviously, the methodologies and the way of thinking and prescribing 
are polar opposites. So how how are you managing to do this? Like you very well left brain, right brain integrated, or you know have some <laughs> magic powers because it seems those you know it's two such opposing worlds. But you are managing to do both of them. How do you do that? It's um, a, I, I liken it to Edward de Bono's hat theory that it's like taking off one hat and putting on a different one. Um, I do really like the integrative approach to pharmacy where you are able to use not only drugs but um, nutrition and lifestyle um, changes as well as homeopathy and alternative medicine. But um, when I'm working as a pharmacist, um, I, I, I've got, I'm firmly in my, my drug hat with this is what condition you have and therefore these are the things you can use to treat it. And I, I can um, switch and, and when people ask me questions or I can suggest different things. Um, and I certainly use homeopathy in, um, when I'm working in the pharmacy as well and I'll make suggestions and, and um, talk to people about how it works and, and what sort of things to look at. But it's a, it's a completely, it, it is a completely different hat. I, I, when I'm in, at work it's, as a pharmacist, I'm, I'm drugs and lifestyle intervention and things and less homeopathy. And when I'm working as a homeopath in my clinic, um, it's all about finding the similar finding that mm -hmm. remedy that describes what's going on um, for that person, as well as looking at nutrition and lifestyle mm -hmm. and, and everything else that's going on. And uh, of course, the advantage that you would have is quite often as homeopaths, clients come to see us with a huge list of pharmaceutical medication that they're on. And sometimes when they're giving you symptoms that they're experiencing, actually a lot of those symptoms are side effects of the drugs that they're on. So I guess if somebody comes into you with that list, you're automatically going to know, well, actually that's a side effect of the drug. It's probably not your own unique symptom. It's probably just a pharmaceutical indication. So that's a very good benefit. Um, do you also use homeopathy to treat side effects of medications or do you use the two alongside for your clients? Yes, um, I do use it to um, treat side effects, um, both sort of in a, um, this using the particular drug in potency. Um, mm -hmm. For example, I have a current um, client on an antidepressant who is having mm -hmm. side effects related to that antidepressant and she's not ready to to step off that. She's not feeling like she's in a safe place where she wants to get off her medication. Mm -hmm. She'd like to in the long term, but we're just using that remedy itself um, in a homeopathic potency to help mm -hmm. with the side effects. And, and that is helping. It's not, it's not fixing everything, but it's mm -hmm. definitely making it more bearable day to day. I have a couple of clients who are on antidepressants, pharmaceutical antidepressants as well, and then using the homeopathic remedy made of those drugs alongside has been so helpful and also for clients who are coming off their pharmaceutical medication with the help of their doctor, not on my advice, mm. over their doctor's advice, um, where yep. previously they've tried this and then they would get brain zaps and all sorts of side effects from trying to wean off it. When they've used the homeopathics alongside, they haven't had any of those effects, so it's amazing. And I thought I would quickly pipe up because this podcast is created for the general public. We talk about uh, remedies made from the drugs themselves, this might be new information to a lot of people. So I wonder, could you maybe tell something about, you know, how how we make our remedies and how we're able to make homeopathic remedies from various drugs? Absolutely. Um, so um, as you know, Eugenie, homeopathic remedies come from a um, variety of animals, plants, minerals, um, and we have a um, 
we can make them from anything. In fact, some mm-hmm. of our best remedies are um, from poisons mm-hmm. and um, that um, that you cannot use. Either. So when when we make um, a remedy, you are diluting it and then potentizing it. So um, to make to give that um, that energy, I guess, from the from that substance into mm-hmm. the remedy. And so when um, we're using a, a drug remedy, we're taking the substance, the drug itself, and then sending it to a homeopathic pharmacy if your homeopath doesn't do it themselves, and they will um, grind that, that drug up and um, potentise it and do that depending a successive number of times. So if mm-hmm. it's a 6C remedy, that's one part of the drug to 99 parts of um, lactose or, um, or liquid, Mm-hmm. And do that six six times. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a dilution. You can't. There is no active ingredient of, of the drug in there, which makes it safe to take. Exactly. Um, and it's not going to affect that drug, but it will help your body recognise the side effects that you're getting mm-hmm. and um, and um, deal with them. Yeah. I thought we should clarify that because it's such a, a good point to make, and a lot of our listeners are not going to be aware of this. So that's actually really great. Um, I'm wondering, Barbara, are you able to give us some examples of uh, cases that you regularly see in your clinic or some, you know, just maybe some favourite cases that come or perhaps any specialties that you might have or favourite things that you like treating in your clinic? I, um, I, I like to think of myself as a general practitioner in homeopathy. I don't have a specific um, specialty. Um, I do see a lot of clients with anxiety and depression um, and um, with with that some of them are on medication and some of them have made a conscious choice not to take medication and want to deal with it a different way. Um, and there are the um, it's uh, some of the thing I find with anxiety and depression is that the consultation itself the initial consultation with me is an hour and a half and that mm-hmm. is a really healing experience in itself just having someone focus and listen to you for an hour and a half um, and a lot of the time um, people come out of that feeling like like they've really been heard so even before they have the homeopathic remedy um, that that's made some difference um, and then there are that's I, I, I have a lot of clients I support if they want to come off um, off medication, particularly antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And it's a really long and slow process generally getting off an antidepressant mm-hmm. because you can um, get a rebound um, low mood or rebound anxi- anxiety. And a lot of the time, um, even that doctors are saying, you know, you can wean off this in six weeks and mm-hmm. it's not realistic. So, mm-hmm. What are some of the reasons that some of your clients decide to come off uh, pharmaceutical medication with the advice of their doctor, of course, but why? what are some reasons that people might not want to stay on their pharmaceutical medication? Um, sometimes they just want to um, be able to go back to being themselves without having to take something every day. Um, sometimes there are side effects um, and that can, that can really vary from... Um, it, um, sexual dysfunction is, is one that often mm-hmm. makes people want to get off their antidepressants. Um, but even just their, their moods aren't, aren't normal and they can feel that they're, they're artificially positive. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and sometimes it's 
um, it is around you know um, uh, wanting wanting a change in, in lifestyle to, to address the root cause. Because antidepressants don't necessarily treat the cause of the depression, but they allow you to move through it. They have a really important place mm-hmm. because they allow people to function and and have a um, a life without um, being sort of in a an anxious ball or a depressed um, where they where they ca- cannot function day to day. But um, the addressing the reason behind the depression or the anxiety and getting to that mm-hmm. means that they can they can live a a um, a, a full life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anxiety and depression, what sort of other cases do you see come through your clinic? Um, a real real mixture. Um, I have a lot of um, done a lot of children with um, variations in behavioral disorders. Mm. Um, actually, I have one case I'd, I'd really love to share with you today, um, which was an epilepsy case. Um, Please do. It was, so this was a few years ago back um, I had a man in his late 20s he had a long um, a physically demanding job with really long hours and a young family so a lot of lot of stress there both with at home and with work he'd had epilepsy for over 20 years um, and he was on um, two different epilepsy medication um, carbamazepine and lamotrigine and also um, a low-dose antidepressant he knew some of the triggers for his seizures, um, too much sugar and dehydration. But even with his medication, um, he was having two to three seizures a month. Mm. So he had um, complex partial seizures, which are a, um, a when people think of seizures, they think of people shaking. Um, and um, that complex partial seizures are... Um, those he also had absence seizures, or um, sometimes called petite mal seizures, so where he just zoned out and didn't appear to be there. Mm. Um, he'd had quite a lot of um, head um, knocks to the head, particularly from the seizures, and he also had a really bad memory. But one of the most striking things when I spoke to him was his slow time to process questions. Mm. So. In a normal conversation, I ask a question, someone, but they may think for a while and then they, um, they'll re- respond, but you can see that process. And with, when I asked him a question, it was like that it, he, he didn't, you didn't see him process it and it took such a long time mm. um, that I wondered whether he had even heard the question. Mm. And... Um, and then he would answer, and so there was it was every question took several minutes for him to process and answer, even if it was quite a simple question. Um, he also had quite a lot of side and um, other effects like tiredness, and uh, he was always tired and dozy, and he was quite aggressive. And some of that, when I looked at his medication was a side effect of his medication, mm. um, particularly the carbamazepine um, causes sedation and aggression. And actually, he sh- it can worsen absence seizures and um, shouldn't be used in mixed seizures. So there was there was a problem with his medication as well. And he mm. and at that point, I I recommended he go back to his um, 
doctor and ask for a specialist referral to get that medication looked at. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, however, I did prescribe him a couple of remedies. Um, the first one being plumbum. So mm-hmm. plumbum is lead. Um, lead toxicity is something that has um, is quite well known in the, the Western world now. We've moved away from lead-based paints and a lot of things, but lead has that um, has epilepsy as as part of the picture, and um, mm-hmm. plumbum also has specifically that really slow processing time um, and the brain, the confusion and memory problems. Um, And I also gave him a second remedy, um, Artemisia vulgaris, which I gave him to have as an acute remedy when he got a seizure. Mm. Um, I saw him a month later. um, And that time, instead of the two to three seizures that he normally gets in a month, he had one seizure. And normally he would have that, seizure and it would be that three nights in a row he would be in some sort of have some seizure pattern Mm -hmm. um he had one night when he started to go into a seizure and they gave and he had the artemisia vulgaris Mm -hmm. and that stopped the seizure he repeated it three times that night Mm -hmm. um and each time um it stopped it he had disrupted sleep but he never had a full seizure and the other really striking thing from that follow-up that, that I remember was that his, his brain was working faster. I asked him a question and he responded straight away, um, which was such an amazing change. Mm. And m- another month later, um, he started to reduce medication and he reduced it enough that it was still, um, he was still on those two epilepsy medications, but um he was able to reduce it enough to um, have a clearer head during the day, less sedation, and less, um, and and feel more more like himself, and less wow. like he was he was in a fuzz. So that that was a really um, yeah magic thing as a homeopath to see. Absolutely amazing. Wow, what a great story. I love that. You completely had me entranced there. <laughs> um, can you tell me, Barbara, you have three children as well. So what sort of things have you used homeopathy for in your home? Well, um, lately, uh, I've had um, my two, I've got an 11-year-old girl, an 8-year-old girl, and a 4-year-old boy. Um, mm-hmm. Lately, both my girls have managed to break a bone in their foot. <gasps> um my eight-year-old broke one last month jumping off something and my um, 11-year-old broke something this um, month um, slipping down the step sideways. Um, so they've had um, a, a number of remedies for that. The um, symphytum is the one for um, broken bones, mm-hmm. which um, was was amazing. When my eldest did her foot this um, recently, I picked her up from school and she was getting shooting pains up mm-hmm. her leg from her foot. Um, so the first remedy I thought of with shooting nerve pains was hypericum. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of doses, a few minutes apart, um, that was that was gone. Um, wow. So um, that was a, a major, major difference. Interestingly, I gave her a choice of what she wanted to take, um, whether she wanted to have ibuprofen for mm-hmm. pain relief 
or whether she wanted to use a combination of um, the homeopathic remedies and she preferred the homeopathic remedies and that's what she wanted to take to school to have when she needed. She didn't want to take the ibuprofen because she didn't find it as effective as the homeopathy. Wow, that's amazing. all about empowering children as well to take responsibility for their own health and my kids as well I always get them to tune into their bodies and say okay take this remedy tell me how you're feeling what do you feel your body needs like I know my son whenever he has a fever he just completely stops eating and it's just so amazing so observe him just monitor him really closely and I'll ask him Joshua what do you feel your body needs right now and he'll be like mommy I just funny enough he always craves kombucha so he'll be like mommy I just want kombucha I don't want to eat anything and then no, the next day he's back to his normal self like if you can teach your children to be in tune with their bodies what what works for them what doesn't work for them how empowering would that be hey it is and it's that magic thing as well about that time and listening to them because Mm. you're not just saying here you have a fever take this it's Mm. tell me more about it like Mm. what is this feeling like what is what does this sore throat feel like to you and and that's that listening is healing in itself Mm. yeah i think that's uh when you grow up with a homeopath as a parent i think i can imagine our children will have to ask them in a few years time but you know they they already know they can't just say i have a sore head they have to say you know <laughs> it's better yeah. when i lie down yeah. or it's on my left side or it feels like somebody's you know gripping my head in a vice or something like that they know that just isn't enough they need to give us some good absolutely. details absolutely yeah it's like playing 20 questions isn't it <laughs> It is. Hey, um, I do have two more stories from my children that I'd like to share. Oh, please do. All right. Yes, please. Um, I, and I'd like to say that I always ask my kids first if I can share stories about them on my Facebook oh. page or mm-hmm. with people because um, even at their ages, this is their personal information and I did mm-hmm. ask them and they were quite happy with me to talk about this. Um, I just wanted to make that distinction first. Mm. Um, so um, my eldest a few years ago had a, a boil come up on the side of her head mm-hmm. um, and at first she has a preauricular sinus which is a small hole um, on um, her ear which um, is possibly where the ear canal was supposed to form when she was a baby and then the body abandoned that. Every now and then it gets um, a little inflamed and we get some silica and that usually fixes it. Mm-hmm. This time it didn't and it grew and then um so I always take my kids to the doctor, even if I'm not going to um, follow drug advice. Um, mm-hmm. A diagnosis is really helpful. Um, and so and they said, yeah, it's a, it's a boil. Just watch where it is because of the side of the head. And if she, um, we don't want to have um, any systemic um, um, inf- infection from that. And so we did all that we could to, to bring this boil up to a head. And it never came up, and it was quite painful um, for her, and um, she was struggling. But then, what really did is, is she threw a fever, um, and um, as fever can be a sign that this infection is now becoming a um, systemic problem, and we really didn't want her to end up with um, on antibiotics. So we made her the decision at that point to take her to the doctor, and they. Um, cut into the boil and mm-hmm. um, and to drain it. Mm-hmm. At that point they said, here's some antibiotics. And I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to use those. I, this is what I want to do and use homeopathy. And um, I will hold on to this. And if I need to, I'll say it. And I said, okay, well, then 
they're quite used to me saying that. Mm-hmm. Or if you are doing this at home, I always suggest um, when you see your doctor, you say, I don't want to use this yet. What are the things that I need to watch out for? What is the the point where I need to use these antibiotics because it's a um, it's becoming dangerous? And ask for help before you get get to that point. Go and find a, a, a natural health practitioner if you don't want to take the antibiotics, so that you know where your where your safety level is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I at that point started giving her pyrogen. Mm-hmm. which is a lovely homeopathic remedy made from decomposed beef. Yes. But it's a great <laughs> antibiotic um, yes. remedy. Um, and I gave her um, gunpowder um, and we used it, that um, as our natural, um, as our alternative to antibiotic. Mm-hmm. I also gave her some staphysagria, which is a remedy for um, when people feel like the um They've been forced to do something there, and she she didn't want to have this boil cut out, but she, uh, cut into. Um, but it was a decision that um, her um, her father and I made with her doctor because of it. It was her safety, and um, the the consequences. So we gave those to her, and we went back to the doctor a few days later, and they couldn't believe how fast it was healing. Mm. Now. She had a camp the following week, and we were told on the Wednesday when um, they operate on the spoil that she would not be able to go to camp. And we went back on Friday, and they went, oh, this is doing really well. And wow. by Monday, they said, yeah, that's fine. She can go to camp, and she can do all the water um, activities, which amazing. was just a massive no at the beginning. So mm-hmm. that was really amazing that we healed it so much faster than mm-hmm. would have done so naturally and mm-hmm. um, and with such good effect. And I was able to inform the doctors about what I used and why. Wow. Um, so Can I quickly add really to good. your story before you go to your next one? Yeah, absolutely. Remember your next one because I just want to you mentioned about the mental, emotional picture of Staphysagria, which is where somebody feels like they've been forced to do something <clears throat> which they didn't yeah. want to. It also happens to be obviously a really good remedy for surgical cuts. So that yeah. remedy would have fit her on the mental, emotional and physical level, which is so amazing. And I was having a little bit of deja vu when you were saying, I always say to people, go to the doctor and ask them, you know, what's sort of like the worst case scenario and at what stage do I need to take the antibiotics? Because I was like, like, have you heard me say this? Or is, do we just, are we just on exactly <laughs> the same wavelength there? Because that is literally what I always say to my clients. Go to the doctor and ask lots of questions. Say, you know, take the script for the antibiotics. Even go and fill the script if, if you want to, if that will feel safer. And ask them, what is the worst case scenario? And um, when you've shared your next story, I have to share you a great white tail spider bite story that I have as well. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yes, please. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> Okay, well, my next story is actually a, a drug story. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband does shift work, and so he has sleeping tablets, um, Zopiclone, in the house. And um, they are, yeah, he usually takes them when he's gone away for work, so they are tucked away in his um, um, toilet bag, which in this case was in another bag and in the drawer. But I have... A, I, my youngest at that stage was three and um, he managed to fossick into this drawer and open this bag and open the other bag and get out the sleeping tablets and take one. Which, as 
I'm sure any parent, it's any parent's worst nightmare, your mm-hmm. child taking um, some medication that um, they really shouldn't. So uh, by the time he'd taken it, um, it was probably about 10 to 15 minutes later, I'm guessing, by, based on the way it is. And we could see he was really um, drowsy and not not himself mm. and not talking right and it's even even for me as a pharmacist it was fairly um yeah it, it was a big moment mm. and so what I the first thing I did was I rang 0800 poisons which mm-hmm. is the number in New Zealand do you have a the same in Australia uh we probably it would probably be triple zero yeah so um, there there is a um, registered pharmacist on the end of the 0800 poisons who has all of the information at their fingertips um, and could, can tell you what you need to do and watch mm. out for. And what this um, pharmacist told me, um, they checked his weight and said he was borderline at the time with his weight for whether he would be okay or not okay. But mm. if he was excessively drowsy and could not um, talk or walk, then we would need to go to hospital mm. um, and um, have him monitored there for several hours until it wore off. Um, now I live in Kerikeri, which in the north in Northland, and um, our nearest hospital is forty minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I looked at him, and he was not able to stand up, mm-hmm. and he was slurring his words, and not okay. So I said to my girls, "Go and get some warm clothes." Um, I was going to grab some food, um, and plan to be at the hospital for several hours, mm-hmm. and um, and then we would. Um, go from there but in the meantime I went and I grabbed some Nux Vomica and some mm-hmm. Opium and I gave them a dose of each so Nux Vomica which is your um, remedy for um, drug use for mm-hmm. um, often thought of for alcohol um, mm-hmm. overindulgence and Opium because Opium Poppy um, has that drowsiness mm-hmm. the real um unable to, to function and that's what I was seeing with him and it, it was off the top of my head no thought involved but I needed to get something into him mm. um, while I could grab this other stuff and what I noticed was that within minutes he was talking again yeah. and he got up and he started walking and it was I said to the kids I think he's okay we don't have to go to hospital mm-hmm. uh, which was great because it was nearly dinner time and everyone was getting tired and pitchy anyway and mm-hmm. um, and what we really noticed was after 10 minutes or so, the opium and the nuxomica wore off and mm-hmm. he started slurring his words and walking like a, a really badly drunk adult <laughs> um, and knocking into things. Um, and I repeated the dose. Mm-hmm. And I think I repeated it every 10 to 15 minutes um, mm-hmm. for two to three hours before it wore off and he, the, the zofoclone completely wore off and he was back to himself. Amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was really awful. Um, I'm a pharmacist. I should know not to have my child have medication. <laughs> um, and yet it was so, it was not in the place when he should have had it. But it, it was also the amazing power of homeopathy mm. because um, he he came right in that time and it was almost amusing watching a three-year-old mm. act really, really drunk. I, I, I love that you're sharing this so honestly because let's face it, I know many more stories than what I would like to.
clients who have had their children go into into their pharmaceutical medications. So it actually happens so, so, so often. You know, we think we have the cupboards locked up, but these kitties can be so resourceful. You know, they will pull the chair up, they will climb, they will find a way, and they have no idea what it is that they're taking. And um, so to know that there are homeopathics that you can use alongside, it's just absolutely amazing. So, and I was just going to clarify that you meant homeopathic opium because i'm aware that some of our listeners have no idea of homeopathy and they're like why is she giving a child opium so it's the homeopathic remedy yeah. made from opium so it's got no actual opium in it only the energetic signature but wow what a great result yeah it was it, it was it was magic i mm. just don't have another word for it and it really um every now and then you get that thing which reminds you that this is why i'm a homeopath this mm. is why i'm doing what i'm doing and and that that was this. It just mm. made it such a massive difference for for him, and um, and it showed the power of homeopathy that it could could um, yeah make make him able to function enough that we we didn't end up in in a ho um, hospital room for several hours. And that's the flip side of it, and that's my hugest message message that I'm trying to get out there is empowering mothers to use homeopathy as a first line in the home because. You know, you, everything was done very safely. You were ready to go to the hospital. It was 40 minutes away. So at least you could avoid that trip at the end because, you know, especially with uh, COVID and everything else, I just on the way to work this morning saw a, a news article and it was saying how the ambulance drivers in WA are just under so much pressure at the moment. And the medical system worldwide seems to be under so much pressure. So if us as mothers can take responsibility for our family's health by using something that's safe and effective and natural at home we are yeah. in turn helping to relieve the pressure of those uh, the medical professionals so that they can catch look really deal with you know the absolute essentials that they uh, that they are needed for so um, I think there's actually a very responsible thing to learn homeopathy is to also then you know take, take charge of your family's health and then um, you know go to the doctor when it's absolutely necessary but I have to share my whitetail spider story with you yes, because please I, do. nicely. Um, we were living in Tauranga at the time, and this was about seven years ago. Uh, I woke up one morning and my son's ear was, I swear, like it feels like it was 10 times the size. He looked like Dumbo. His ear was so red and so huge. And I also just want to make that distinction that my children have also given me permission to speak about their cases. I always check with them first and um, I just, that's also teaches them uh, about life. Like, you know, they need to stand up for uh, their own bodies and their own uh, privacy. So I always check with them as yeah. well. So uh, this his, this story is in my little online course that I do because it was, his ear was massive. So you can probably imagine that with this huge, big throbbing ear, I gave him apis because I assumed that it was a red tail spider bite. I could see two little indents in his, like his ear was so swollen. And then you saw these two little tiny indents. And I thought it must yeah. be spider bites. So tried Apis, uh, several doses, didn't do anything. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll try Leadum. Few doses, didn't do anything. And so I thought, okay, time to be responsible, go to the doctor. Took him to the doctor in Tauranga and he said, it's probably a white tail spider bite. I can give you an antihistamine and an antibiotic. And I said, great, thank you very much. Took the script. I didn't fill it because in Tauranga we have a, well, there was a lovely homeopathic pharmacy. I'm assuming they're still there called uh, Celine yeah. Homeopathics. And they yeah. were on my way home. So I drive, drove past there. I got the remedy that's made from the white tail spider. 
gave him yeah, lamponasil and drought. Yes, maybe gave him three, maybe four doses, but within you know an hour or two, his ear was back. So, you know, that was just so powerful and so amazing. And that's why I always say, go to the doctor if you are feeling really? out of your depth, or go and seek some professional help. But you've got the homeopathics there um, as a backup, and if it's not doing the job, go get some help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, the lamponosil andrata is, is a great remedy for the white-tailed spider bite at things that are going sort of that necrotic, that really yes. horrible infected. Yes. Um, I just wanted to touch on something you said there is that you tried apis and gave a few doses and then you tried leadum. And, and I sometimes find um, mothers particularly get really worried about if I use the remedy and it's the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give the wrong thing. And and I'm and and that when my kids wake me in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning and they've got something happen and I don't necessarily have the capacity to mm. put my proper homeopath hat on mm. and think is this the right remedy and so I do exactly that you pick a remedy that looks like it's fairly good and you try it and if it doesn't work you try something else and as long mm. as you are not beating that remedy and repeating it over and over and over and over and over, and over again it's going to be okay I always okay. say if you st if you haven't had any change in anything which means their their mood or what's physically wrong with them after three or four doses then it's not the right remedy and trying mm. to change but that that trying it two or three times is not going to hurt them Absolutely, that's what I always say as well. I think a lot of mums, when they start out using homeopathy, thinks, "Oh, I've given one dose; it hasn't fixed it." I have had, I, you know, what? If I had a dollar every time I heard this, I would be a millionaire. But mums saying, "Oh, I tried homeopathy, but it didn't work," and my first question is always, "How many doses did you give?" And they will say, "Oh, I gave a dose; it didn't do anything." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. if your child is in, you know, has got uh, acute, very intense, you're probably going to have to give about." four to six doses before you're really going to start seeing a difference so yeah I agree with you there. yeah mm. and and the other thing is with especially I find with fever is that it doesn't um you give a remedy a few times and the fever isn't necessarily going to go down but suddenly that child's not cooped up on the couch lying and being miserable they're they're off playing with their brother or sister and they're happy again so while their fever is still high yes. um they're feeling better in themselves and and that's that is a win and that's what you want because that fever there is there for a physiological reason mm. um, and so we want um, it to do its job um, mm. which is trying to fight that virus or bacteria or whatever it is mm. that has is, is been triggered by it so um, but as long as they are if they're feeling better mm. and able to play and, and interact with their with their families then, then that's, that's what you want oh my gosh you have to once again, why I love speaking with other homeopaths, because I couldn't agree with you more. Like so often you will see that you'll give the belladonna and you'll think, oh, the fever's not coming on. The fever's not coming down. It's not coming down. But actually the body is going to prioritize what it needs to, to get you better. And at that stage, while you're giving the belladonna, it, the body will need that fever to be able to burn off the pathogens or whatever. But you will see the mental, emotional state of the person improving. And that is a sign that you're heading in the right direction. And shortly after that, you know, the fever might go. But you'll often see the mental, emotional symptoms improving before the physicals. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that works just as well for your chronic cases. And mm. and I had a, um, a client um, who has had a long-term depression problems recently um, who 
last time I talked to her said, oh, I'm, I'm really struggling because my skin is so bad. I said, yeah, but you're not, you're, you're coping so much better with everything life. Mm. Everything else is going so much better for you. And, and we're wanting to heal from the inside out and from the top down. And so the fact that you're feeling better mentally and inside, the skin is your outermost layer. So we want things pushed out. We want um, it. It's frustrating because that's what everybody else sees, mm. but that's you being healthier inside. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Far out. I am sure that we could cover at least another, you know, five to ten hours of sharing fabulous <laughs> homeopathic success stories and everything else in between. Yep. But I wonder, just before we wrap up, can you tell me what are your top three homeopathic remedies for you personally? Okay. Well, I'm a pulsatilla child. Mm -hmm. I was always a pulsatilla child. Um, so for those of you who are new to homeopathy, pulsatilla is your weepy remedy. Um, always on the edge of tears, but not only that, they're changeable. Mm -hmm. So um, the, um, the the moods can change, um, mm -hmm. but everything else can change from symptoms that come and go and bowel motions that change mm -hmm. and every, everything that's changeable is, is pulsatilla's mm -hmm. thing. And, and I grew up as a pulsatilla child, and honestly, I, I'm still at times need a bit of pulsatilla for me, and um, and I use it with with my family as well, and and I love that. Um, it's also your thick bland discharges and your conjunctivitis, and and mm. it's a great polycrest remedy that um, that goes through everything. So that would have to be a favourite. Mm -hmm. um, second, um, I. Um, I really love some of the metrodonal remedies. Um, so those are ones made from um, things to do with motherhood. And mm -hmm. I find Lacumanum, which is made from human breast milk, an amazing remedy. It is amazing. Um, and I've used it with um, clients for so many things. I've used it for um, children who are um, weaning and their mother wanted some support for them. Um, mm -hmm. I've used it as anti for its antiviral effect for things um, from um, herpes to um, um, so cold sores to um, um, molluscum contagiosum. Um, I've used it for mental and emotional um, connection issues um, where they're feeling unloved or mm -hmm. forsaken or really anxious. Um, it, it's just such an amazing, amazing remedy. Um, also really good for so vertigo, hey? Like I love, I've never used it for vertigo. I love how they say uh, human breast milk is what brings our soul into our body. And so often you find mm. with people who need this remedy, they can feel quite um, dizzy. It's almost like their soul and their body is not integrated. And I've actually found this remedy has been really good for people with issues with vertigo when they just kind of feel out of their body and to just help them bring back in their body. Oh, that's really good to know. Well, you've um, just taught me something because I've never known it to be useful. I swear we have an epidemic of molluscum in Perth and I've used the molluscum nosode and carcinosin has been really good, but I'm going to try lacumanum. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and thirdly, um, I, I kind of would have to say pyrogen because mm. it is like my antibiotic, if you mm. like the better, um, for lack of a better term. And, and um, I see prescriptions for antibiotics every day I work mm. in the pharmacy so many of them and um, I and there is such a flow-on effect from from antibiotics with um, the gut health which then does affect um, 
things like um, causing things like thrush, um, mm. but also mental and emotional effects that we see when people have had so many repeated courses of antibiotics. Mm. And so I like having pyrogen, which I usually use in combination with other remedies, um, mm. but I like having that as an option when I have a client with an abscess and if we've got to the point where you know we're using um, remedies to bring it up, so sometimes you need a little bit more than your silica or your hepa mm. to bring that, that abscess out. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I've just found it abs absolute, um, absolutely so effective mm, for um, infections. So mm. it would have to be a favourite. Yeah, I um, was mind blown once when I found out that actually 80% of our serotonin is actually made in our gut and only 20% in our brain. And then if you yeah. think of, you know, this uh, incredible overuse of antibiotics and the effect that that has, you know, on our gut brain connection, and then you're wondering why all these people yeah. are walking around with depression <laughs> when, you know, if we can just heal your gut and fix your gut, then, you know, it's gonna, your serotonin is going to be produced uh, better and your mood's probably going to lift. So. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So, Barbara, where can people get hold of you? Tell us all the different places. Um, you, I've had a great read on. Thank you. It's been very, very helpful to read. But you've got a few different places people can get hold of you. So, how do they do that? And also, do you just see them at your clinic in Kirikiri, or do you do uh, worldwide uh, online consults? Um, I um, have my clinic at Kirikiri, but I do do um, actually more consults online um, mm -hmm. than I do in person. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do see people all over the world. Um, I have, if you're on Facebook, you can find me at Homeopath Barbara. Um, and I, like I said, I have a, um, a blog where I talk about not only homeopathy, and I talk about a lot of other things. And um, lately I've been talking about consent mm -hmm. and um, about... Um, uh, and a lot about other other issues that mm. are quite topical. Um, I also have a website uh, which is homeopathbarbara.com, mm -hmm. um, and um, I um, and that's that's you can email me um, barbara at homeopathbarbara.co.nz um, um, and get hold of me that way. Wonderful. Is there any final messages or anything else that you want to leave us with or that you wanted to say? I just want to make sure that we don't leave here and there was something else that you wanted to mention. Um, I, I think that covers it. I mm -hmm. guess what, it, yeah, like like we both said, is, you know, if you are unsure, go and get a diagno um, diagnosis from a doctor. Um, they, they are diagnostic experts. Mm -hmm. But um, if, if you're not sure if it even needs to see a doctor and you want another medical opinion, then go and see a pharmacist. Because in New Zealand and Australia, your pharmacist, you can walk into a pharmacy and speak to a health professional without any appointment, without a cost, mm. and get an opinion. And they are, uh, we are quite good at um, triaging and um, saying, you know, giving you an um, opinion on what it is and whether you need to see a doctor mm. or whether um, you can do something. And, and I'm often seeing people in the pharmacy with... Um, with wounds or things and I'll, I'll tell them what they need to watch out for and, mm -hmm. and give them some recommendations. So, mm -hmm. so a pharmacy is a, a really good option if you, if you are not sure enough that you need to go to the doctor but you want another opinion. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, have your homeopath um, on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Two or three heads are always better than one. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful speaking with you and um, I look forward to us being in touch in the future. 
thank you, Eugenie. I've, I've really loved it and I'm sure we could talk for many more hours. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great day. Cool. You too. Okay. Bye-bye.